That was the opening song to 20th Century Fox's It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Yes, you must say that four times in order to get the title right. Not only four, but Stanley Kramer was disappointed he hadn't put in a fifth one. Oh, it'd be more symmetrical with five. I, I, could, I could understand that. I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm coming uh, to you from Seattle, and uh, we've had more spectacular, almost summer-like weather this week. It's been up, up to 70. My heart goes out to those people in Boston and the East Coast, because <laughs> no we're kidding. having the opposite. Uh, this is Bob Johnson in Los Angeles, where we've had Seattle-type weather for three, four days. Lots of clouds and rain, and I feel right at home. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, You're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and you can find us on the internet at classicmoviereviews.net or search in iTunes for Classic Movie Reviews or on Facebook. You can do a search, and you'll you'll know you're on the right place when you see the picture of Bob and myself popping up. And the real, and the old-fashioned real, the movie uh, film real. Yeah. That also appears as a logo. And I'm not sure if the picture is is a good thing or bad thing. <laughs> Why don't you give us a little bit background on it? Okay, this is my usual uh, kind of research. It was distributed by United Artists. It was released in November 7th of 1983. And I saw it originally at the Cinerama Theater in Denver, where Matt and the family saw Star Wars, the original, the first Star Wars, way back in the 1970s. Uh, director was Stanley Kramer, one of my favorite directors. What a what a excellent and outstanding uh, set of movies uh, he's done. Just a few are Inherit the Wind from 1960, Judgment at Nuremberg, which we should review. It was made in 1961. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner from 1967. And as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, we uh, last saw Stanley Kramer at the Bellevue, Washington, Chuck E. Cheese's pizza shop in 1982 where he was having uh, dinner with his wife and grandchildren how's that for trivia (laughs) that's that's kind of amazing (laughs) it is you know yeah you wouldn't think of seeing him there he lived in bellevue for quite a while or in seattle the budget was 9.4 million and the film made 60 million and counting uh i don't know if those are 1963 dollars or not i don't know how current those are uh, the thing I found interesting is it has different running times. It was uh, long, super long, and oh my God, is it ever going to end? <laughs> 161 minutes, 192 minutes at the premiere, and 210 minutes in its original cut. That's over three hours. That's nuts. Over three hours, yeah. I, I don't think we'll go through all the cast members because there's 12 principal cast members. There are other cast members, and there are over 50 cameo appearances by none other than the Three Stooges, I, and and I loved it in the in the titles. It says and Jimmy Durante and a few surprises. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy wasn't in it too long. He's got such a distinctive voice, you know. It's like, wow, that's that. Yep, that's Jimmy, and his nose. His nose is so big, yeah, unmistakable. He was Smiler Grogan. I love that name. <laughs> but I guess we should mention Spencer Tracy, Milton Berle, Sid Caesar. Wow, who am I forgetting? Dick Sean, Mickey Rooney, Ethel Merman, on and on and on. It won one Academy Award for Best Sound Editing and had five other nominations but didn't win in those. So 
That's the background. One actor that I wanted to call out because he was my favorite actor in the movie, Jonathan Winters. He was he was great. <laughs> he, was, he was great. What a what a talented guy. And and every time I saw him, uh, either in movies or on TV or heard him because I had his records, I would just laugh till it hurt. <laughs> he, he was, was an great. early version early version of Robin Williams in a lot of ways. Yeah, he's a he. He was really a phys- physical comedian in this movie. I, there's the scene at the gas station, and I, I laughed <laughs> yeah. the most at that <laughs> part of the movie. Did a good job. You boys have a drink on me. Keep the change. Is that all right? Thank I took care you. of your buddy. Oh, Let me get out of here now. Oh no! It's that lunatic, the one who escaped from the asylum last night. Watch him. He's a homicidal maniac. Get out of phone. Yo, Mayday. Yo, Mayday. On the phone. Listen to me. I'm a psychiatrist. This man is insane. I'm not your nurse. He has a hate complex. Calm down. Calm down. So somebody will stumble over the little girl's bicycle in the dark, huh? Well, when I finish with you, they'll be stumbling over you in the dark. (laughs) They took care of that. It has some really great scenes and a lot of comedy. It's just so long. Yeah, I I thought the opening titles, though, were weird. So the the music, the, the first song at the beginning reminded me of a musical. Like, I... I was I was almost expecting this to be a musical when that first song came on. And then and that's over the whole song is over a black background, which yes. I thought was weird. And then it cuts to a green background and some more music kicks in, which is like the title music, and it's an animated title. I I just happened to catch that Saul Bass did the titles and he was a really well-known designer and and did a lot of titles for movies, and he directed one movie called Phase Four, which I which I want to review on the podcast uh, at some point, because it's got some of the best visuals of any movie that I've that we've seen. So that was kind of an interesting little catch, and I just happened to see that as I was watching the titles. I think I read where the animators were well known for the work they did on the Peanuts the Charles Schultz uh, television programs. I hope I have that right. I didn't make a note of that, but I I believe I read that. Oh, I could see that, yeah. That car crash at the beginning was spectacular. Honestly, I'm surprised that nobody died during the making of this movie because the stunts that they were doing looked so dangerous and out of control. I guess I I imagine that that they knew what they were doing, but wow. And they spared no expense in wrecking a lot of cars and everything else. They really wrecked a ton of cars. It was like, well, there's another car crash, and there's another car crash. Would you have signed up to be the pilot of that twin-engine beach craft that flew through the billboard? Hell no. <laughs> it reminded me of that B-17 <laughs> landing in 12 o'clock high. That's Maybe what I'm that talking about. I mean, these stunts were insane. I mean, it was just like... I, I couldn't... I mean, that was kind of the fun... One of the fun parts of the movie for me was just seeing what they were going to do next with with a car crash or a plane chase or like that whole scene where Sid Caesar and I'm not sure what the actress's name was that was in was his wife Oh Edie Adams Edie Adams yeah yeah the scene in the in the cellar of that uh, hardware store Yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jonathan Winters and Sid Caesar were my two favorite parts of the movie I, I would have to say uh, in terms of acting I feel really fortunate that I grew up at a time when I could watch Sid Caesar live on television back in the 1950s. His show was just so much fun and so well done. And uh, there's a movie from the early 1980s called My Favorite Year, 
with Peter O'Toole. Yep, I, I know that. It, yep, and Good it's one. Uh, it's it's kind of a, par- a parody of that show, and the and the character's name in that is King Kaiser instead <laughs> of Sid Caesar. So. <laughs> King Kaiser. King Kaiser. Yeah. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, uh, uh, as much as I enjoyed the the stunts and kind of the action and some of the characters were really funny. I really, really disliked the way that they treated women in the movie. That that yes. was a huge turnoff for me. The, in fact, the scene where we first meet Spencer Tracy's character, he asks like the secretary to go get to go make coffee. You're through the homicide. Santa Rosita Police Station, Detectives Division. I'm connecting you now. Santa Rosita Police Station. Detective Division Matthews. No, Sheriff. Chief isn't here. He's a little late this morning. So I'll stay late after school. Who is it? Sheriff Crockett County. Oh, that's where the smiler is. I wonder if anything happened. Gertie, will you put that call through here? How about a little coffee, Schwartz? And as the secretary's walking away, he just sits there and ogles her. As, as he's, it's like, really? Really? And I just, I, at that point, I was just groaning. Well, it, uh, 50 years ago, I'll tell you. There is a lot of that, you know, and I, when I first saw it, I didn't really think about that 50 years ago, but you're right. Well, and, and it just went on from there because the, the one woman who uh, was kind of a, a, a character that had a lot of lines and was pretty prominent, they, they made her into like such a bitch, you know, it was uh, the, the mother-in-law of, of the guy that had the, that had the seaweed factory. Is that, uh, oh, let me think here. I got my notes. Ethel Merman, that was yeah, that. It, it's uh, got to be Ethel Mrs. Mark, Mrs. Marcus, the woman that f- slips on the banana peel at yes, the end of the movie. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for mentioning the banana peel because uh, throughout the whole movie, she's kind of portrayed as a real tyrant. It was a terrible thing, terrible thing. Oh, Russell, I feel sick. Oh, take it easy, honey. These things happen, you now, know. Now, what kind of an attitude is that? These things happen. They only happen because the whole country is just full of people who, when these things happen, they just say these things happen, and that's why they happen. Let's try not to get upset. Come on, Russell. We've got to have control of what happened to us. We left right. it up to you. We never hear the last of the thing. You're the one that you're right. Police. You're right. You're right. And then at the very end of the movie, where all the all the guys are in traction and, and casts because of the big accident they had, uh, and then the the three women come walking in the the wives and the mother in law, and I thought, okay, this is where they're going to redeem the female characters, and they're they're going to be like, you idiots, look at what you've done, and you know we're okay, and you're all in traction. What happens to you? I hope will be worse. I don't think you have to worry too much about that. My wife is divorcing me. My mother-in-law is suing me for damages. My daughter is applying to the courts to have her name changed. My pension has been revoked. And the only reason that you 10 idiots will very likely get off lightly is because the judge will have me up there to throw the book at. Oh, that's tough. Oh, I'd like to think that sometime, maybe 10 or 20 years from now, there'd be something I could laugh at. Anything. Now, see here, you idiots. 
but nope. There's a gag where she slips on a banana peel, and I was like, well, that's perfect. <laughs> it started that way and ended that way. Yeah. So, the thing is, I really wanted to like this movie. I really thought that it was, I thought I was going to like it, because I, I kept thinking of movies like Cannonball Run. You know, you remember that movie where they, they have oh, that I race do. across the country, and they have all those fast cars, and that, that's a fun movie, and there's a lot of the same kind of slapstick humor. But here's the thing, I haven't seen Cannonball Run in a while, and I wonder if, if I watched it now, if I might have some of the same uh, reactions that I'm having to this movie. Roger Moore was in Cannonball Run. Dom DeLuise, Dean Martin, Jackie Chan, <laughs> a lot of famous people. To me, that's kind of like a, a spiritual successor to this movie, Mad, 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 Mad World. It was uh, Burt Reynolds in that? He was, yeah. Burt Reynolds uh, okay. was the main guy, yeah. Well, uh, there's so many scenes. I, I, I didn't, I didn't attempt to cover them all. I kind of grouped them. Uh, the Smiler Grogan car crash. I guess today people still go to that place on Highway 74. I think it is, and and uh, can find you can find where they actually filmed that. Is is there a ramp like right at the side of the corner or the turn? Because <laughs> that was like perfect. There was, but they took it away. <laughs> It said that they took it away, but it's still a, sort of a tourist stop for some people to go see. Interesting. I, I, I lost count of the number of cars, planes, record trucks, and so forth that were crashed and, and uh, burned in this. I did kind of like the fact that Phil Silvers drove his car into into that creek and it, and it went under. That was I mean, funny. <laughs> that was really funny. That whole scene where he's driving into the uh, that pit, I don't know, it was like a mining pit where those people lived yes. and then he can't get out so that little boy is like i can show you a way out there's another way around to the road another way to the road you know another way good come on in don't stand let's show look you show me how to get out of here i'll give you a dollar mm, three dollars three why well, you yeah all right give you three dollars but don't stand there come on hop in the car hurry will you kid i gotta get out of here and he's got to go down that really really steep hill Over there? There? Down there? And then he's got to go over that creek slash river. It's too deep! This is a car, not a canoe! Come on, D-Day! If I don't get out of here... Why? Why? Alright! Alright! Here I come! It's too deep! It's too deep, you little rat thing! Why didn't you tell me it was deep? Why do I... Don't stand there! Get somebody! This is no place for a convertible. He was so funny in his in his uh, heyday. Uh, he had a very famous TV show, Sergeant Bilko, from the fifties. Also, a lot of these people. I mean, there were so many people in this movie. Yet I lost track of who was where. Yeah, there were so many, so many characters. I I thought that scene where they have to they were trying to decide how to split up the money. At the very beginning, it's like 27 minutes into the movie, 
And they start off, and Sid Caesar's like, well, why don't we just, you know, split it evenly? The man said there was a certain amount of money buried down in this park. That's, That's right. right. It was under a, under a big W. Say, what is a big W? We find out, we'll send you a wire. <laughs> so, it, it's only a possibility. Now, it's only a possibility that this man was telling the truth. And if it was the truth, then it is a fact that this place is almost 200 miles away. Now, I suggest that we quietly get into our cars and drive down there at a safe, sound speed, keeping each other in sight of each other. And then when we get down there, we dig up the money, providing that there is some money there. And when we do find it, we share it amongst us in a simple manner. He's got a point. I think he's got something there. And I think we should go straight to the police. The police? Why the police? All right, she's with us. Now, what's with this fair shares for everybody? Look, madam, all I said was we arrived in four vehicles. I, I think we should split it up in four quarters. Four quarters? Quarters? What are you talking about, quarters? You mean you, you three each get a quarter and Benji and I have got to split a quarter? That's right, that's right. Hey, what are you trying to pull? Well, it seems fair enough to me. Why, naturally, it seemed fair enough to you. It just cheats us, that's so, all. $350,000 divided by four is, let's see, it's 87,500 bucks. Sure, that's that's what it is. So the three of you would get 87,500 bucks and Benji and I would have to yeah, split it. Yeah, there was five of us down at the wreck. We should split it five ways. He's right, we should split it five ways. Well, I'm perfectly willing to discuss it in a five-way manner. Now, we can discuss it in a five-way manner. Five shares, uh, each share would be 70,000. Uh, 70,000 bucks? Holy mackerel! Do you realize how many loads I'd have to haul from Modesta to Yuma to get that? You're overlooking one little thing. Yeah, we're overlooking one little thing. What little thing? Yeah, what little thing? We can all count, can't we? There were eight of us there. She's right, there were eight of us there. Well, speaking for my wife and myself, we'd be just as happy with... You'd be perfectly happy with two-eighths instead of a quarter? That's awfully big of you. Wait a minute, hold it, hold it. Let's just put it back the way it was before. Either one quarter for each car, including the van, or one-fifth for each guy. Hey, one-quarter or one-fifth. Just because this old bag has to stick her How dare you! They're just so dumb, they can't, <laughs> they can't figure it out. <laughs> they didn't even do the math right. If it, I think they were off by uh, $1,000 or something. The math wasn't working. And I felt, I, poor Spencer Tracy. His pension is not what he wanted. His wife and daughter are causing him problems. He's fed up. His plan goes awry, and 11 guys all fall off that building and that fire truck that <laughs> flings them all over. Then it turns out that his boss got a, uh, his pension upgraded, which uh, I don't think that would be possible today under the ERISA standards. <laughs> well, not, not uh, to mention was, that he was blackmailing the city council. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it was all too late because he'd already decided to steal the three hundred fifty grand. I read one line that said that was counterfeit money. But I never saw anything more about it. It was just one quote in something I was looking at on the internet. So I don't know if that's true or that's just like a... it was actual counterfeit money that they used as a prop in the movie. No, that it really wasn't three hundred fifty thousand dollars in real money. It was counterfeit. Oh, how funny! So it wasn't even it wasn't even worth anything. <laughs> but it never shows up anyplace else in anything I read. So I don't know if somebody just threw that in to make it more confusing or not. It was it's confusing enough. Here's one of the best lines in the... Well, this is a, a funny scene. I don't know if it's one of the best lines in the movie, but uh, his his he's having problems with his wife and his daughter because he wants to take his wife to Hawaii because he figures that he's already got the money in his hands. He's already booked the tickets to Hawaii. Hello, Ginger. Daddy, it's Billy Sue. Oh, let me speak with your mother, will you, sweetheart? Well? 
Yeah, dear. Tell me something, Ginger. How does it feel being married to the most brilliant personality in the law enforcement industry? Are you referring to yourself? Ginger, I want you to prepare yourself for a little shock. When I tell you what has happened so tell here... tell me, tell me. I've got this biscuit dome. The Smiler-Grogan case is solved. The tuna factory robbery. The case I've been talking about for the last 15 years. Now listen, all I want you to do is make all the necessary preparations for a little flight to Hawaii Sunday morning. So what's the gag? It is no gag. Are you serious about flying to Hawaii? <laughs> flight 7, Sunday morning. Are we taking Billy Sue? No. It's just the two of us. About three weeks now, we're going to celebrate, Ginger. My feeling is that after 27 years, we've earned it. But it turns out that that conflicts with the fact that his daughter's fiance is going to be coming over that weekend. Hello, Ginger. What's the matter now? It's Billy Sue. Her new boyfriend, Oscar, was supposed to come down from Pomona just to meet us. So now she called him and told him we were going what? away. Well, what's the matter? You keep forgetting if a girl is six feet five inches tall, she's bound to have special problems. But Ginger... They had some argument and then they started screaming at each other and now the whole engagement's off and she says she's leaving. Leaving what? Leaving home? Let, let me talk to her. Get her to the phone. I'll try. Just a minute. Talk to your father. I won't. I don't want to talk to him ever. Don't be ridiculous. Whatever else he is, he is your father. <laughs> so it was like, you know, this is the one guy that would, would date his daughter because she's so tall and big, and, and he's ruined it. <laughs> As it he, he turns out, he ruined the whole thing. Uh, I was uh, also interested when I found out that when they when they're in that record truck and they make a turn, I forget where it's at in the movie. It's way into the movie. They filmed that out by the Motion Picture Television Fund on Mulholland. Oh, interesting. And it's so long ago, it doesn't even look like Oh, the not same. at all. It not, doesn't look anything it's, like that now. No. I, I did. So. You know what I really did like about the movie, though? I, I, I really liked the uh, on-location filming. Yes. And the scenery and the fact that it was uh, super widescreen, that was cool because it it just you just got so much of that scenery. Kind of funny, though, in that fight scene at the gas station with Jonathan Winters, they kept switching from a studio setup to the outdoor uh, location scenery. And at one point during the studio scene, I could see shadows of the palm trees on the wall of the studio behind the gas station. <laughs> oh, I missed that. I, oh, wow. A little, a little flub. Yeah, um, but can you tell me, like, what the heck was up with those two people that kept dancing around their apartment, listening to music on the record player, wearing only their their bathing suits? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> there must have been there must have been twenty scenes in there that were just like odd, like that. That was so I don't weird. <laughs> I mean, it was just so bizarre. Like, I couldn't. I just was left dumbfounded by that <laughs> and the woman never smiled the whole time she she had the same like stone cold look on her face 
Maybe they used it as a segue between scenes or something. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it's been named one of the greatest American comedy films ever made by the American Film Institute. I know, I know that. I that's I just thought that, I thought is... I was going to be laughing so hard during this movie, but I found myself kind of chuckling, and then there were a few scenes where I, I did I was laughing pretty good, but you know on, I laughed a lot more at Young Frankenstein or the Bud Abbott and Lou Costello uh, Meet Frankenstein movie, or Blazing Saddles, or even Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yeah. I felt the same way, and I I put in my notes that I sent to you that other comedies that I really like and we haven't reviewed them. Or Some Like It Hot, Billy Wilder's film. Uh, my Favorite Year, which I mentioned earlier about, with King Kaiser. Some of the Bob Hope and Bing Crosby on the Roach uh, movies oh, were yeah. yep. funny. And then one that we really do have to review, Danny Kaye in The Court Jester. Oh, which yeah. I think is, I, I think is one of the that. best movies. One of the best movies. I would be up for watching that one after uh, Oklahoma. Or after we do three or four more film noir yeah, I had this idea in my head today that we should do uh we should have a month of nineteen seventy science fiction movies. And and they're sort of like the the B slash low A type science fiction movies like Westworld. Something I, I just thought that might be a fun kind of a, a month of, of movie watching at some point. That's the Yule Brenner. Yeah. Where they, Logan's yeah. Logan's Run is another Logan's one. Logan's Run, yeah. What would be some others? Um uh, the Andromeda strain. Oh, that yeah, the original. That's that's really an excellent film. And maybe throw in like Planet of the Apes from nineteen sixty eight, the original. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we could do that. <laughs> Something <laughs> to think about. <laughs> as long as we can do the court jester, I'll be happy. <laughs> I, I was taking notes, and I was I was saying things like, I, I couldn't keep up with the scenes. There's there's just no way. But I, I was saying things like, so many car wrecks. How did someone not get killed making this movie? Um, the guy in the convertible kidnapped a little boy from the pit. <laughs> Somebody help him. <laughs> this is a hell of a long movie. These are these are like my notes I'm taking as I watch the movie. Oh, it is very long, yeah. Well, my, my thought, because I made a note of this, just imagine how much time went in to, to getting all the contracts put together for all the principal cast, the second level cast, and, and, all those, and arranging the schedules for all those cameo, uh, cameo roles. There were over 50. Oh, my gosh. And some of them were just a few seconds. Like, Jerry Lewis drove by and ran over Spencer Tracy's hat. And that was literally, like, two shots or something. And Jack Benny, had her, he drove by. It's amazing. Peter Falk was a cab driver. Oh, oh and Jack Benny's uh, sidekick, Rochester. Eddie Rochester Anderson was, was on almost all the Jack Benny radio and television shows. And it goes on and on. But putting all that together must have taken months. Yeah, there was uh, one thing I did. I did laugh at Tyler Fitzgerald. He was the rich guy that had that plane. And when we first Jim Backus, meet, <laughs> when we first meet him, yeah, Jim Backus. When we first meet him, he's sleeping on top of the pool table. And as soon as he started talking, I was like, "It's the professor! It's the professor from Gilligan Island." <laughs> it is indeed, and it's also Mr. Magoo and Mr. From Magoo. The yeah. yeah. Yep. And Very good actor. He he was funny. I mean, he his scenes were really funny. He, he's like, uh, 
Don't make them so sweet this time. You want another one? You've had two already. Can't you wait until we're on the ground? What are you talking about? All right, I'll make the next batch. You, you take the controls. I don't know how to fly an airplane. Well, there's really nothing, nothing to it. But, Becky, you can't fly. Well, that's nonsense. Anybody can fly a plane. Now, here, now, I'll, I'll, I'll check you out. Put your little hands on the wheel. Ah, that's it. Now you have it. Now the feet on the rudder. You got it? There you go. Feet on the rudder. That's not Who says this boy can't fly this old plane? There you go. Now I'm going to make an old-fashioned, the old-fashioned way, the way dear old dad used to. What? What if something happens? What can happen to an old-fashioned, all right? <laughs> and then he passes out. <laughs> oh, I tell you. Well, uh, I gave it a, a rating of 7 out of 10. And then I vacillated on that, and I decided maybe it's a 5 out of 10. But no, I'm going to keep it at, I'm going to stay at a 7 out of 10. I must be an easy rater on this one because it's such a, a mishmash of so many things and so many stunts and so many scenes. Wow. But I'll go, I'll, I'll stay with that. I'm, I'm, oh man, I'm low. I'm really low. I feel, I, I almost feel bad. Uh, but I will say that I love the. I don't think it was bad directing. Like the scenes were were well directed and and they were well acted. Uh, but oh my gosh, it, I I don't know. I, I I couldn't stick through it. I I think I told you before we started that I kind of put it on two x speed through some of it because it was like, well, here's another car chase. Oh, here's another car wreck. Oh, here's another you know slapstick comedy routine. And uh, I gave it a four. Four. Uh, that that's not. I mean, that's not out of line with with uh, a lot of what you said and what a lot was going on. So uh, about an average score overall. Yeah, you're slightly above average. I'm slightly below average. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's okay. They can't all be tens, right? Well, it's good. I mean, I've heard so much good, th- so many good things about this movie, and as you said, it's rated as one of the top American comedies. Uh, so, well, gave it a shot. We gave it a shot. We won't be disappointed in our next film, though. The musical Oklahoma, which is beautifully done. And So next week, it's uh, Oklahoma. And then the week after that, it is The Dirty Dozen. And then maybe we could do The Corchester. Yeah, I think we should stick with the, the more upbeat comedies slash musicals for a little bit. And then we can dive into, uh, maybe we can have April be... 1970s sci-fi months. Sci-fi, sci-fi months. <laughs> In honor of something. We'll make something up. Yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody. If you uh, get a chance, if you can go on to iTunes and leave us a rating, that would be great. Just leave a little comment there. Uh, we love getting comments on our website at classicmoviereviews.net. And, uh, of course, Facebook, which we've had up for a couple of weeks and are starting to get some likes on that as well. So we'd love to hear from you and uh, would look forward to it. This is Matt coming to you from Seattle. So uh, this is Bob Johnson in uh, Los Angeles wishing you happy movie watching. I'll show this to you. This is the... This is the program from the from the Hollywood Costume Museum. Can you see that? That's that's that from the Django. Outfit. It is. Yeah, they had that there, and it was patterned after Little Joe's uh, outfit on Bonanza. Oh. 
So I now I look at it and I think, yeah, that's exactly right. His package is kind of conspicuous in that picture. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, well, that's probably that's probably part of the. I think that's on the, purpose. Uh, allure, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and then they had like, oh, I mean, I don't know. They must they must have had two hundred um, costumes. It's it's a joint thing of the Victoria and Albert Museum in London and the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And Nancy is good friends with the Vice President of Human Resources at the Academy. Uh-huh. So we get we get there for our 1130 lineup, and, and some lady comes over with a special Academy Award bag with a really beautiful, about an inch thick book of all the costumes. And then we didn't have to wait in line. She ushers us in. I thought, my God, I feel like some kind of a celebrity. All wow. these people lined up, and we just sort of, ah, we're going in. They're yeah, probably you got all the, giving us the finger. You got the royal treatment. Yes. Everybody that saw that was probably like, who's that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, and you're like, yes. Yes, <laughs> I, don't I, care. yes, I, yes I am important. And don't forget it.